when you haven't much time to eat. Unzip a banana when you fancy a fruity treat. Unzip a banana. Next time you unzip a banana, serve it with custard or add it to jelly. Bananas are delicious when baked and they go perfectly with your breakfast cereal. Keep plenty in your fruit bowl and when you fancy a fruity treat, unzip a banana. Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, 88.7 KISL on your FM dial, and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this evening's show, you're going to get some reminders. We'll hear from George Roby. We'll go over some things you told me, have a one more segment, and celebrate the birthday of Leo Edwards. I've played recordings of tunes by composer Gus Edwards on the show before, most recently Orange Blossom Time in June of 2018. His most famous composition may be In My Merry Oldsmobile, and he also wrote The peach that tastes the sweetest hangs the highest on the tree. But he's never had his own birthday segment. That will change on the August 23rd show. But did you know that Gus had a brother, also a composer, who's never had his own birthday segment on the show? That changes tonight. Last week, February 21st, marked the birth in 1886 of Leo Edwards, actually born Leo Simon in Germany. According to Billboard, his musical career started when he joined a vaudeville troupe at age 11. His first Broadway credit is for the three-act musical farce Breaking into Society, which opened at the West End Theater on October 2, 1905, and ran for 24 performances. He contributed the songs The Daughter of the Regiment, Ping Pong, and Standing Pat. At age 25, Edwards wrote his first complete Broadway score for the 1911 production of The Merry Whirl, and he contributed to the Broadway musicals Made in America, The Blue Paradise, and numerous Ziegfeld Follies shows. Until I started researching Leo Edwards, I was shamefully ignorant of the Tannhauser Company of New Rochelle, New York. Later known as the Tannhauser Film Corporation, it was founded in 1909 by Edwin Tannhauser, operated until 1920, and produced over a thousand silent films. Leo Edwards was an actor and musician with Tannhauser in 1912 and 13. I've ordered a DVD documentary about the studio and a collection of some of its films, and am looking forward to watching those and learning more. 
Edwards worked for the Harms, Whitmark, and Feist music publishing companies, as well as De Silva, Brown, and Henderson, and, no surprise, Gus Edwards' music, and in 1914 was a charter member of ASCAP. The September 3, 1921 edition of The Music Trades announced that after a period of over 20 years as a prominent composer and vaudeville star, Leo Edwards has opened his own music publishing business in the Romax building at 245 West 47th Street, New York, and will confine himself to producing numbers that will stand the test of quality from all angles. The first piece published by the new company was Roses and You, hailed as the Foxtrot Classic of 1921. Around 1949, Edwards wrote Tomorrow's America, published in the interest of the Boy Scouts of America. Fun fact, Leo and Gus had a sister named Dorothea, who was a singer, and my mother's name is Dorothea. She was, however, not a singer. Leo Edwards died at his home at the Hotel Alcott in New York City on July 12, 1978. He's buried in the King David Cemetery in Putnam Valley, New York, alongside his wife Gertrude, who died in 1965. Here are three from the pen of Leo Edwards. Thank you. 
just like a fella that's holding in steam. I got some love for you that must come out. I'll admit you're a pretty station. Switch to me is some consolation. But just hand a great big ovation, or else I'm speeding on my way. You're a little railroad station. I'm a great big choo-choo train. You're the cause why I pause, all my lovin' is yours But appreciate the lovin' that I give you because This train is full of fire And when I go I ain't never coming back Cause all I got to do is to say There's lots of stations on my railroad track The Singing Cop, Eddie Morton singing Joseph McCarthy's lyrics to There's Lots of Stations on My Railroad Track, from Victor 17108, recorded March 21, 1912. Before that, Guy Lombardo and his Royal Canadians with Brother Carmen singing the John W. Bratton lyrics to Sweetheart, Let's Grow Old Together. Victor 25417 was recorded September 18, 1936. And we started off our birthday salute to Leo Edwards with Harry Raderman's Jazz Orchestra and Song of Omar. That's from OK4092, recorded in February of 1920. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you numbers that stand the test of quality from all angles from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Last week, I played Nellie Kelly, I Love You from George M. Cohan's show, Little Nellie Kelly. Another song from that show was You Remind Me of My Mother. And here it is to start off a set of reminders.
Cause the days behind me Makes me almost cry I'm blue So blue, baby Thinking of you Hoping that you're Thinking of me too Crying all the day for Your love in vain Hoping for the day when Again we'll be the same So Hear me moan Hurry home Cuddle by my side Honey, that reminds me Of you the day when again we'll be the same so hear me moan hurry home cuddle by my side honey that reminds me of you Louis Russell and his old man river orchestra October 24, 1930, with a Russell original, Honey, That Reminds Me. The vocalist was Vic Dickinson. That was preceded by Meyer Davis's Swanee Syncopators under the direction of Joe Moss with Don't Remind Me, I'm Trying to Forget, composed by Lou Pollock. Scrappy Lambert sang the Sydney Clare lyrics on Brunswick 4179, recorded on New Year's Eve, 1928. Paul Whiteman and his orchestra started off that reminder set with George M. Cohan's You Remind Me of My Mother. Victor 18948 was recorded October 21, 1922. Have a particular song or artist you'd like to hear on Rapidly Rotating Records? Well, you can send your requests and your comments about the show by email to glenn at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or send cards or letters to Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. That's glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. Recently, I was made aware of a book titled Comedy Stars at 78 RPM, Biographies and Discographies of 89 Artists, 1896 to 1946, by Ronald L. Smith. Naturally, that title caught my attention, and I immediately went to abebooks.com and found a very reasonably priced copy which had been in the Burlington County College Library in Pemberton, New Jersey. 
The table of contents listed a lot of familiar names, including old-timers Cal Stewart, Nat C. Wills, and Weber and Fields, and more contemporary performers such as Benny Bell, Spike Jones, and Cliff Edwards. There were also a number of names I hadn't heard of, including Dusty Fletcher, Billy Merson, and George Roby. British Music Hall performer George Roby, R-O-B-E-Y, was born September 20, 1869 in Herne Hill, England, as George Edward Wade. He was highly educated at the University of Leipzig and Cambridge University, but turned to a career in the theater as a comedian. He was known as the Prime Minister of Mirth, and many of his songs feature ribald and risque characters, both male and female, but he could also pull off poignant straight songs. He was one of the stars of the first Royal Command performances at the Palace Theatre in London on July 1, 1912. George Ruby died November 29, 1954 in Saltine, Sussex, England, and was knighted Sir George Roby. He appeared on Broadway and in films, but also made some audio recordings, and here are several of them. I jumped inside a bus today, was much annoyed to find that when the man came from the fairs, I'd left my purse behind. The passengers all rudely stared, and oh, I did turn red. The conductor rang the bell, and then he turned to me and said, It's all right. Quite all right. And the way he spoke to me was most polite. He didn't rave or cuss. There was not the slightest fuss. He said, Just get off the bus. It's all right. A ruffian once insulted me, you vagabond, said I. You brought this on yourself, you have. I'll fight you till I die. We scrapped and scrapped and then we scrapped. It really was a scrap. And when my pal gave me a sponge, I said, my dear old chap, it's all right. Quite all right. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of light. That ruffian's one, no doubt, and I've lost two teeth in the bout. But I was going to have the bout, so it's all right. A friend of mine invited me to go out for a row. He said, I'll pay. I said, hooray, we hired a boat and so. While changing seats, so sad to tell, my friend fell in the sea. He couldn't swim, I knew he had drowned. Although he said to me, it's all right, it's all right, he went down twice then came up like a kite, and with the last breath in his throat, these final words did quote, I shall not pay for the boat, it's all right. The man who runs the bathing tents at Chingleton by sea, He's quite a decent sort. The other day he said to me, Here, ever look through this peephole, the sight is simply fine. I answered, though I'm much obliged, your offer I decline. It's all right. Quite all right. And your offer is exceedingly polite. But to pry I never care. Of such sights I've had my share. That's my missus dressing there. So it's all right.
devise a puzzling trick that bewilders me all the while. For he answers whatever I ask of him in the most peculiar style. Supposing I meet him in the street and I say to him, tell me, Bob, I really so would like to know if Johnson has found a job in the foggiest kind of way. This sort of thing he'll say. Ooh, haven't you heard of that thingamitite? It's a most infernal shame. I hear he's been, uh, you know where I mean, to apply for a, what's his name? But his, uh, whatchamacallit, has been refused. And another man's got the job. For they say he's too big for a thingamajig and too small for a thingamabob. A fellow so hard to understand I never yet have seen. His speech is so full of what's-a-name, and you know what I mean. If I say to him I've heard some talk about Simpson's married life, I really so would like to know the truth about Simpson's wife. In the foggiest kind of way, this sort of thing he'll say. Ooh, haven't you heard about Simpson's It's a most infernal shame. I hear he's been, uh, you know where I mean, together with, uh, what's his name? So, uh, call it is going to be filed. The solicitor's on the job, but she don't care a fig about thingamajig, and she's crazy on old uh, thingamabob. No matter whatever the subject is, he's unable to throw any light beyond call it and what's his name, and thingamajig and type. If I say to him, Thompson's been to the States, now tell me what you think. I really so would like to know, was he able to get a drink? He wagged his silly head, and this is what he said. Ooh, haven't you heard about thingamajig? It's a most infernal shame. I hear he's been, you know where I mean, far away from his, what's the name? But uh, the call it is easily dodged if you understand the job, for they'll give you a swing from a thingamajig, and they'll call it a, a thingamabob. Last life was running down the back of my neck. I don't know whether to laugh or cry or mix them both up like a settlers powder. I feel like a potato. I want to be mashed. Oh, I do. Oh, what a day, what a day it's been. And what a wedding it was, to be sure. Well, really, that's why we had a wedding, to be sure. You never know. He was late at the church, but not late enough. And mind you, I don't know whether he's got any money or not, but I, I do know that he pays income tax. I suppose that's why he's taking me on, to get a bit off. <laughs> mind you, girls, this marriage business is no joke. It's a very serious affair, is marriage, you know. There isn't a word for marriage. It's a sentence. Marriage is really a tragedy or an achievement. 
And there are three stages of marriage too. There's the honeymoon, the full moon, and the total eclipse. And some say marriages are made in heaven. Others say so are wars. Well, it's rough on the wounded in both cases. Now, girls, I want to give you a bit of a serious advice. I know you're all weak things, and easily led, never be led astray by a fellow's good looks. Beauty's only skin deep. Not, well, my bloke's got a face, but, you know, it's a face, all right, but it stops at that. It's, it's a face that only time can heal. But, girls, he's got a lovely head of hair. That's the thing. Never marry a bald-headed man. You'll never keep him. There's nothing to hold on to. <laughs> I had all of my blokes here all through the wedding breakfast. And what a wedding breakfast it was, too. Oh, such a tony affair, you know. None of those coarse remarks that one usually associates with the wedding breakfast, you know, the sort of thing. Well, I did hear a bit of giggling and there was some whispering going on. And I heard somebody distinctly say, Onniswaki Malipons. But that's the only bit of bad language I heard during the whole of the breakfast. So what do I care? I'm going to be happy today. So shanty fitful rain. I don't care a jot if it hails or snows. Whether it's fine or the stormy wind blows. As long as I've got a bit left of these clothes. I'm going to be happy today. George Roby with his comic song, The Bride, from English Columbia 4124. Before that, both sides of Columbia 4460, recorded in 1927. We started off our tribute to George Roby with Quite All Right, written by, I believe, R.C. Sheriff and Henry E. Pether. That was followed by Thingamabob. Try as I might, I couldn't find anything at all about the writers of that sketch, Izzard and Hampson. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all, online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're on all the major podcast directories. Last week I mentioned that Edward Sedgwick wrote You Told Me to Go. It was recorded by lots of people, including Ben Selvin, Carl Fenton, Charles Cayley, and Roger Wolf Kahn. And I've played the Selvin and Kahn versions a couple of times each, but not the Fenton or Cayley recordings. But there's yet another version I'm going to play now, and I'll tell you who it is at the end of this segment of Rapidly Rotating Records about what it is you told me.
You told me a lie You told me you love me You left me alone And I don't know why After all of the love I gave so freely I trusted in you But you told me a lie The words that you speak Have hurt me so deeply The tears that I shed Are for days gone by Go pray to the one Above to forgive you I trusted in you But you told me a lie James Houston Davis, better known as Jimmy Davis, had a successful singing and recording career before being elected governor of Louisiana and becoming known as the Singing Governor. He recorded 68 sides for Victor between 1929 and 1933 and began recording for Decca the following year. From December 2, 1941, that was You Told Me a Lie on Decca 6062. In the list of personnel on that record, I was a little surprised to see pianist Frank Signorelli. You Told Me a Lie was written by Davis and Buck Nation, who was a violinist and vocalist, and made records under his own name, and also accompanied Tex Ritter and Ray Whitley on some of their recordings. Before that, Harlan Lattimore, backed by Don Redman and his orchestra, with You Told Me But Half the Story. Brunswick 6935 was recorded August 2, 1933. You Told Me But Half the Story was written by Redman, Sarah Krieger, and Moritz Seiderman. We started the segment with You Told Me To Go. Did you figure out the band? That was Fred Rich and his Hotel Astro Orchestra with what the label of Harmony 37-H describes as Incidental Singing by Billy Jones. That was recorded September 22, 1925. You Told Me To Go was written by Edward Sedgwick, Abe Lyman, and Henry R. Cohen. 
I just found out Henry Cohen's date of birth, so I'm happy to say he'll be getting his own full segment on the July 12th show. Doing our part to keep alive the music of the 1920s and 30s, this is Rapidly Rotating Records, Sunday evenings at 6 on KISL-FM 88.7 Avalon, and available anytime on demand online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. We've got time for one more segment, which happens to be full of songs about one more. Here's Paul Specht and his orchestra. Thank you. 
honey, one more time. Let me do the things that I used to do. Let me sit down to some tea for two. One more time. Just one more time. You can bawl me out. You can call me names. If you'll only let me play those parlor games, honey, one more time. Please, just, just one more time. Eating all alone, being all alone, making me lazy, lazy, I tell you. Walking all alone, talking all alone, it's driving me crazy. Oh, one more time, just one more time. Let me touch the skin that I love to touch, that I didn't think I was going to miss so much, honey. Please, one more, one more time. tragedian of song Ted Lewis and his band with the Silva Brown and Hendersons one more time. Like the Billy Jones record in the last segment, the special personalized silver label of Columbia 2452 refers to Ted's vocal as incidental singing. This was recorded April 13, 1931, and both takes one and two were issued under the same catalog number but I can't tell you which take is on this particular disc. Multiplex theaters have been around a lot longer than you might have thought. Architect Fuller Claflin designed a two-screen theater which opened as the Duplex Theater in Detroit, Michigan on December 15, 1915. Each auditorium seated 750 people, but in 1922 it was turned into the Oriel Terrace Ballroom. The Oriel Terrace Orchestra was co-led by Dan Russo and Ted Fiorito. You may have known that, but you probably didn't know that Dan and Ted also owned a partnership in Chicago radio station WIBO, along with the Nelson Brothers, whose holdings included the Nelson Brothers Bond and Mortgage Company and the Nelson Brothers Furniture Company. All that to say that before Ted Lewis... We heard Russo and Fiorito's Oriole Terrace Orchestra with just one more dance. Not chance, one more dance. Brunswick 2390 was recorded around January of 1923. Just One More Dance was written by Loyal Curtis. His name has been uttered on the show just a couple of times, but I'm happy to have found his birth date and he'll be having his very own entire segment on the April 12th show. We started this one more segment with a wonderful record by Paul Specht and his orchestra, One More Night. Johnny Morris was the vocalist on Columbia 1333, recorded February 7th, 1928. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. 
I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week. And as always, I thank you for your very kind attention.